Welcome to Conversations with John and Lisa Bevere. We're really excited about what we're doing going forward because we have all sorts of fun new things, fresh content that is coming out this year, and it's going to be awesome, so you need to watch for it. Yeah, and you know, Lisa, you and I both love hearing from our listeners, and I either like it if we're out there somewhere in the world and somebody says it to us, or by them contacting us through iTunes or through social media. And, you know, Lisa, I, I just really want to read what one of our listeners said. And um, I love this name. I'm trying to figure out if it's a guy or girl, but it's Hoxie19. Lisa, you take a guess. Are I, we talking man or woman here? You know, I, I'm afraid. Hoxie, you I'm did afraid. a great job on that one. I want to compliment you. Anyway, this is what Hoxie says, and I, I know she's listening or he's listening. This podcast has helped me in so many ways. I am always excited to be able to listen to John and Lisa discuss tough issues. The love they have for God, for each other, and for others is a love I strive to mirror. I could listen to them talk all day, every day. Can I just say... I think it's a girl. I think it's a female. Okay. You know what? (laughs) I'm not going to say because if it's a guy, I'm in huge trouble. But anyway... Can I say that means more to me than you know what you said, Hoxie, and I'm sorry to keep referring to you like this. I hope you know who I'm talking to. The thing that means the most to me is that you sense Lisa's and my love for others. And, you know, I, I that that's so important to us because, you know, we carry such a precious message from heaven. And if we are not carriers who love and care about people, we taint that beautiful message, that perfect message. And so we do care about you, and we want the very best for you. You know, I don't know if people actually know this, but when they rate or review or subscribe, it actually gives us the ability to reach more people. It, it, it broadens that. our reach, and so we want you to do that. But we also want you to submit topics. We, You know, we say, hey, we think this is a great topic, or we'd also love you to su- suggest some guests. If you say, I think that this would be a great person to have on and talk about some tough subjects, we want to hear from you. So we're excited about this season we're going into, talking about strategies. We're talking about transition strategies to set up your year for success. So first of all, everybody knows the new year kind of inspires them to set up resolutions, resolutions. or goals. Yeah. And it's really kind of a gift because it can be a reset. You know, after Christmas, crazy, it can be our reset. And a lot of people, they, they take that as a season to fast, to get rid of their Christmas food baby. It's awesome. But we have Do you to want to explain what a Christmas uh, food, food baby is? Well, if anybody has ever had one, they would know what it is. It's when you overeat at Christmas and you look You pregnant. look like you're pregnant. You have a food you baby. You got a food yeah, baby. A food okay, baby. Yeah. I got so, it. All right. So the truth is, people, people really want those resolutions to they stick. Do. But sometimes by... You know, day 10, they're already missing their workouts in the gym or they're eating sugar or they're doing whatever. And so we want to actually give you a strategy that's going to last the whole year long. You, you know, Lisa, did you, did you know these facts? This is quite amazing. No. According to U.S. News, 80% of New Year's resolutions fail by the second week of February. Whoa, 80%. That's okay. According Whoa. to Forbes magazine, only 8% of people ever achieve their New Year's resolutions. Wow. And Are they setting them too high? Do you think that's what it is? Well, I want to talk about all three of these, but yeah, let's let's just don't let me forget this third statistic because no, it's pretty do it, amazing. Do it. Go ahead. Okay, and a national poll found that forty percent of Americans still make resolutions despite these statistics. Now, can I applaud that forty percent? Because 
They're trying to tell everybody how worthless this is. But Lisa, I would much rather shoot for hitting the peak of a mountain and hit halfway up than never try to climb that mountain at all. And I, I just think these statistics right here, I, you, you think we were going to affirm them, approve them. I think that this could discourage you from setting healthy goals. And I think you should. I think Lisa said it right. She was ahead of what I was going to say, way ahead. It's a chance to do a reset. It's a chance to begin to attempt. And you know what? If you if you do 40% of that New Year's resolution, guess mm-hmm. what? You've, you're a winner in my book because mm-hmm. you've done more than the guy that set nothing and hit nothing. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think it's very important. I think God has created human beings to set goals. God set a goal. He wanted to have a beautiful creation. He wanted to have beautiful men and women. He, he had a whole plan. He realized mm-hmm. we'd mess the whole thing up, and he even came up with a plan to fix it before we even did it. So God is a goal-setting God. Mm-hmm. He loves to see the end from the beginning. He loves to map out all the He sees the, way. the end at the beginning. At the beginning. Yeah. He sees it from the beginning at the beginning. Mm-hmm. He maps the whole thing out and says, okay, let's let's begin doing it. And so I want to encourage all of our friends out there, please don't listen to people who would say, don't make New Year's resolutions. Hey, I think as believers, we can pray and we can believe God. And that's what we have an advantage in. Okay, so let me let me ask you, bouncing off of all these stats mm-hmm. and my little soapbox that I got on, Lisa, do you have any resolutions that you failed to complete? Yes. I think since I've become a Christian, I have failed that I'm going to read through the Bible in a year. I, it's, it's, a horrible, it's a horrible truth, but... And I might not even have made it to the end of January. It's it's a rough. It's a now rough. can I can I tell you what goal helps me? I said a you, goal. John does it. I want you to say John. No, John. No, I John don't. Read through the no, Bible twice. And, and no, I want to correct this. <clears throat> I think one year I did do it, but I didn't like it because I was always pushing to get done with the reading. Yeah. So you know what my goal is now? My goal is to read a portion. I don't care if it's half a chapter every day. Now, if I miss a day, I can still read the next day. However, if I say I got to read these four chapters today, and let's say I miss two days, now I'm overwhelmed because I got to read now 12 chapters. And so, you know, people do, they quit right there. So it's all about making strategic resolutions. And a strategic resolution is I'm going to get, this is what I did. I'll tell you what I did. I got the NLT. I got a brand new one, right? And I said, my goal is to read from this every day. And if I miss a day, I can keep doing it. But my goal was to finish it. And I didn't put a deadline date on it. So you know how long it took me to do it? it took me about a year and three-fourths. Am that's I happy I did it that way? You're a real I'm extremely happy because you know what I did? I colored, I made boxes. There were days that I could only read about 10 verses because the Holy Spirit showed me so much. So people, it's all about setting your goals right. You know, can I, can, can I, so not setting what you're saying is you don't want to set yourself up to fail, fail, right? Right. Like, or to feel like it's become a duty instead of something that's nurturing and nourishing your soul. Correct. Correct. Go, go baby. Go. I mean, that's, that's so true. No. And, and I do, I do think that you and I have a very different approach, whereas, um, and I've had to be okay with that. Like I'm a different, I learn differently than you. And your John is highly, highly organized and highly, highly disciplined. And I'm a little bit more creative. You're a free spirit. I am a little I bit love of a free it. spirit. That's why I married you. <laughs> yeah. So I might just live in the book of Isaiah for a year. A year. <laughs> a year yeah. So anyway, <laughs> but, but yeah, you- but you know, um, I, I love that you've given me some 
practical ideas because that that is what what happens is I have felt like I'm like okay my calendar says January 6th and we're in June I have failed the reading through the Bible in a year let me get can I give you another one Lisa in my entire life I have never gone on a diet so what do I do um yeah, I'm seeing a little pooch stomach, and I'm like, you know what? We call it a donut. Let's make an adjustment. So what I do is make a permanent lifestyle change. It's because you do a diet, you lose the weight, then you start eating like you did that got sure. you there, and now sure. you're back there in, in two weeks. You know, so time of prayer. If you say, you know, I just want to pray every single day, I'd like to make it a half an hour, don't condemn yourself if you did 20 minutes, you know, because you got up a little bit late. Just just what you're trying to do, and Lisa, this has helped me more than anything— a habit is developed in 21 days. Mm-hmm. And so my goal Consistent. is always like, can I do this for 21 straight days? Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden now it's one of the things I'm thinking about when I wake up. But what I find, Lisa, is that when people are in really dry places, because I meet mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of them come January. Yeah, and I, and I love that you bring that because I do think a lot of people after the holidays, it's like a ramp up and then it becomes a, a letdown. And they find themselves in this place of famine of, wait, you know, this, the season is over and now I'm starting something new and it's winter time and I don't know what I think, you know, and I know that we have had this incredible opportunity to focus in on what this idea of a wilderness looks like, but also its purpose. And, you know, Lisa, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about that in just a second, but I want to say that, you know, it's middle of January right now. When this really begins happening with people, this really dry place, this ramp down or this mm-hmm. let down, mm-hmm happens around the end of January, beginning of February. Right. And that's why we, we we talked about all the people that by the second week of February, they don't fulfill because they, they get more hopeless. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. I want everyone to please listen to me. If you're in a dry time and you have been walking with God and you're in this dry time, you have not been put on a shelf. You have not been abandoned by God. You are being prepared for a new level of responsibility. So, you know, this is a time in which God is saying, he's paying us a compliment, like you've been obedient, and now I'm going to give you an opportunity to go to another level. But that process of preparation, I mean, look at Joseph. He gets this dream. God makes it very clear to him. And for the next 12 years, he's going through the preparation to get the character to handle it. And you always have to understand that the process is so valuable to you. You personally, because God wants to protect you. He doesn't want the responsibility to end up consuming you, puffing you up with pride, all of this other stuff. He wants you to be able to handle it. And, you know, I've, I've had some wildernesses in my life that were God had told me something and I didn't do it. And so I, it's like I want him to talk and he's like, hey, I'm still waiting for you to do the last thing I told you. And sometimes when God's already told you something and he's not talking, he is talking. He's saying, do the last thing that I told you. That's so good. Yeah, it's true. But, you know, I look at, um, if, if you think about it, a guy's going up, uh, let's say he's going up, it's, it's ski season here in Colorado, but let's say he's going up the chairlift. And Are he's we going to go this year? I just need to know. Because you told I, me, you I told me you would I actually told me. Arden when we were in Africa, I said, Arden, I'm, I'm going I'm to make it. it. I'm going to make it a priority. Take your mom to Even if I broke my ski. arm, I still want to do it. You you tore your rotator and separated your shoulder on uh-huh. one fall, and you still want to go skiing. I broke my I don't arm. Get it. I didn't. I, I broke my arm. <clears throat> you broke your arm, tore your rotator, and separated your shoulder and all in one fall. And you went around like nothing was wrong for two weeks, and the doctor 
doctor finally said, what in the world is going on? Your tolerance of pain is way too high. Anyway. Because I've given birth. But I want to say this is so important in regard to the wilderness. If you got this guy going up the chairlift, he's got his whole ski suit on. He's got his snowboard. He's got his boots. But anyway, can you imagine he gets off the chairlift and he falls flat on his face? Why? Because there's no snow at the top of the hill. Why? Because it's summertime. So what did he do? He did the right thing, but he did it in the wrong season. season. So what happens is people in the wilderness, because it seems like God's not doing anything, it seems like the dream's so far away, what people start doing is the very thing you're not supposed to do, and that is try to help God bring it to pass. And instead of waiting and getting it with God's bl- God's like blessing on it, we try to imitate it, and we basically basically do what Abraham did, and we birth an Ishmael. Right. And now we got to provide for it. And you knew, when you said don't want to wait on God, I mean, like they, they don't want to wait. So so many people think waiting on God means you don't work. Right. And so, That's, I'm, I'm so you, glad you still this. work, even while you're in the waiting, you're still working. You're still moving forward. You're still being faithful. You're still serving your church. You're doing whatever it is, loving your husband. You know, you, you still are doing the hard work. And too many people put their life on hold and they don't get this whole dynamic of the Elijah, Elisha, where he sees him, he's plowing. He isn't just sitting there going, I believe the man of God is going to show up at my house today. He's working, he's being faithful. And then God, boom, takes him from this place of, you know that God had already woven that in his heart because as a response, takes him to this place that was probably a wilderness behind an ox's behind. That's what he was doing, plowing, took him, and he's no longer following an ox. He's following a man of God. Think wow, about it. that's powerful. I want to thank you for joining us. We want to hear from you. So give us a review, subscribe, share this podcast through iTunes. The more you interact with us, the more ability we have to reach others. Until next time, this is Conversations with John and Lisa Bevere. Hey, it's John Bevere. Can I ask you a couple questions? Have you ever felt that you are going completely opposite of the dreams that God's placed in your heart? Or have you asked yourself, God, where are you? Or have you ever wondered if it's your fault that you're going through the hardship or the disappointment you may be experiencing? Well, this is what the wilderness season feels like. But the really good news is that while every believer goes through a wilderness, we don't have to stay there. I've talked to countless men and women who are in the midst of a wilderness season. In fact, two of the most popular episodes Lisa and I did in our podcast show called Conversations were about this very topic. In 30 years of ministry, I've experienced my fair share of wilderness seasons. And initially, I absolutely didn't know what was going on. But here's the really good news. You don't have to be that way, and you can know the right thing to do in the midst of that season. My new book, God, Where Are You?, is available right now. In this message, I share scriptural insights and practical strategies to help you discover how to find strength and most importantly, purpose in your wilderness. If any of this resonates with you, I'd encourage you to pick up a copy for yourself and a friend today. God, Where Are You? is available now. Visit GodWhereAreYouBook.com to order your copy today.